0: hi this is dan and i'm rachel and this is gay, gay with a bible. bible we're two queer social workers
1: working our way through the bible we're not christians we're not experts we're just a couple of gays trying to figure some stuff
0: out real gays real bible hi Rach. hi dan welcome back
1: are you telling like, me Well, yeah, back? <laughs> literally. Like, well,
0: welcome back to the podcast and welcome back, everybody, to Gay with a Bible, where you got two gay social workers sitting around and talking about the Bible that they may have read or not read. No, we, we read. But I am <laughs> saying welcome back to Rachel because you've been a little busy. Yeah. Do you want to share what you've been up to?
1: Yeah, I was all over the great state of California. All over? All over. We flew into... Los Angeles visited with a friend of ours for a couple of days, and then we drove up the Pacific Coast Highway, stopped in every little coastal city along the way, and then met my wife's college friends in Napa for wow. uh, a wine a wine country tour. So,
0: have you been there before? No, this
1: not in Northern California. No, only yeah. the Los, An- Los Angeles is the most north I've been in in California.
0: So. Yeah, I've never been to wine country. That's that. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it
1: was great. We had a great time.
0: Good. Did Um, you have a lot of wine? We had a lot
1: of wine. We went, we did seven wineries and it was beautiful. How did did you get
0: around? Did you like rent something? We, uh, yeah,
1: we, we had like a driver. Thanks, Rick. Rick, the driver.
0: Cool. Yeah. Every time I hear Napa, I think of that line from Sex in the City when Big says he's moving to
1: mm-hmm. Napa
0: because he's tired or something. He's like, I
1: I wanna go to Napa. I don't want to no, take She's a like, Napa.
0: When you when you're tired, you don't go oh to Napa. You, yeah, take you take a Napa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So every time we hear Napa, I think of that. Someday maybe I'll have a real life association with it. Like you sure. do. That's yeah. so that's great. Yeah. How was your how was your um, week with so, the, the yeah, Bible meanwhile, here? Meanwhile, I was uh toiling away with
1: the accent chapters
0: <laughs> twenty one through twenty four mm-hmm. of Exodus, and I as I'm like doing my homework, I was like, she cannot do this, she <laughs> cannot do this. She she's tr- going to be trying to do this on the plane, because you you got back on a sat you you flew back on Saturday, and we're Saturday. today's Sunday, yeah. we're recording, mm-hmm. and I'm like, she thinks that she's going to read these chapters in summer. I'm like this is. I'm going to try and make this as fun as possible, but there's not a lot of story that's going on. It's a lot of details. Yeah,
1: I'm playing classic sidekick today, so I'm, okay. I'm ready for it. She's and gonna... I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> that. He did, he texted me on the plane and I got this text as I was boarding my flight and he, he told me his ideas for today. And then when I landed, I was like, oh, I read those chapters in the Bible. And he was like, girl, you're not doing this (laughs) no i was like okay (laughs) i almost
0: gave up at one point like i seriously i i I did the first chapter and i was like i i can't i just wanted to like quit the podcast
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) i didn't i'm here because i'm here for all of you i'm here and i did the work for you but i'm gonna not put you through what i went through okay before we dive into all the super fun stuff i'm curious rachel like what was your upbringing surrounding rules or moral code wrong or right
1: ooh i don't know if like i can describe the particular rules i always wanted to make my parents proud so mm. it's a real bit, and I think that contributes to my people pleasing tendencies sure. now. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest. Uh, my sister's four years younger than me. I have always been a, a big rule follower for the most part. Yeah, which was ironically like a big reason why I think it was difficult for me to come out because I was felt like I was really breaking a, a rule that wasn't ever impressed upon me by my parents, but just that like shame factor that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, I knew that like this was not going to be a, a big people pleasing moment for me. My mom was very big on like treating people kindly and we were always watching Lifetime movies and she'd have this commentary. <laughs> she'd always just like w- whenever there was like a bully situation or any kind of mm. like, you know, spousal abuse or something as there often is on Lifetime movies. Uh, She would just be like, oh, my gosh, that is so sad. So I like those are my first memories of being like, all right, so we don't do that. (laughs) We don't do that. We don't do that. And yeah, so Lifetime movies, I guess.
0: Well, when I think of Lifetime movies, I think of like thrillers about like killer nannies and things like that. Librarians that go like, yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah, Crazy I'm stalking my husband or who knows. Mm -hmm. So great, great rules. Great morals.
1: Yep. There Um, I am.
0: I think that me you know i wouldn't say my I wouldn't say my parents were like this united front, but I think that my sisters i have two sisters I'm the youngest. I think that ultimately my parents raised good kids mm. Mm-hmm. They instilled in us some really basic values, like you said, of being kind. I'm not saying that we don't have our flaws and our problems and still have a lot of opportunity for growth in different ways. But I think essentially we were raised to be kind. I think that we were raised to be honest. I'm not a great liar. Mm -hmm. I'm maybe a little too honest not in like that rude to honest way but like i got to get this truth out because it's you you mm-hmm. know what i mean like mm-hmm. it, it and that probably propels coming out in some way like i don't i wasn't raised to to live dishonestly mm-hmm. right which that's something that when you said that, that that just occurred to me now that that was also like an impetus and mm-hmm. i i'm one to also like if i've got something major wrong or going on with me i'm not one to just go hang out with people and be normal weird and no- normal and quiet that day or something and not tell you like I'll be like hey guys this is this is a problem today I'm here but this is a problem
1: yeah I wear my heart on my sleeve like that too yeah for sure
0: so very honest I feel like there was a lot of like about sex you know whenever like sex came up on tv or even if it was like a nighttime soap and a couple was like laying in bed and kissing my dad would like cover our eyes and be like oh
1: yeah we had that too it's like not the not the the ticking or whatever you would call (laughs) it the lifetime movies had that as well so we had our own like version
0: Or my mom would be like, Time to go to bed. I remember this one time we went to see, this is how old I am. We went to see Mr. Mom at the drive in. I actually think that the movie was hitting too close to home for my dad because it's a a movie about the 80s about like a dad who works at an auto plant and loses his job. And the wife goes back into the workforce with her business degree. And now he's like harried and clueless and trying to take care of the kids. So whenever I think about this moment, I wonder, I'm like, I wonder if my dad was really just freaking out because like, (laughs) This was his life. Mm-hmm. And so in the movie, all the neighbor ladies, he becomes like one of the neighbor ladies, right? And they take him out to like a Chippendales, which was super popular at mm-hmm. the time. And when the Chippendales stripper scene came on, my dad like revved up that engine and pulled out of it. He was like, oh, Jesus Rubbed up that engine, pulled out of that drive-in. We were at the drive-in. Oh, and he yeah. pulled right out of that drive-in. And once that movie came out on VHS, I like, cannot tell you how I would just rewind and watch <laughs> that Chippa stripper scene over and over and over yeah. and over and still not realize that I was gay. Similar
1: yeah. experience for me with Titanic.
0: Oh, really? Oh, yeah.
1: Titanic came out when I was in third grade. So
0: she's she get, she's naked in yeah, that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so that everyone was going to see it in the theaters yeah. and seeing it multiple times too. So I was, you know, I had to I had to go see it. basically. Yeah. And I went with my mom, and I remember just she gave me a little speech before we went in, like, was and was like, you know, there's going to be nudity in this movie. Like, it's so funny because my mom is, like, not a prude at all now. Right. But, like, the way, yeah, the way yeah. that she approached that with me just made it ten times weirder. And then, yeah, I was watching Titanic, like, a million times and also didn't know I was gay. Were
0: you rewinding, um, though, to, No, to, like, rewatch the same?
1: No, I was not, like, going such, specifically to that. I'm a, yeah. a rule follower, too. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, speaking of rules. I'm talking
1: about these rules.
0: So, we're going to do things just a, a little differently today. Um, bear with me. You're probably going to hear a lot of mo- my voice. I am gonna also do all of you listeners a solid. I'm not going to go overboard sharing every detail in every single chat. This chapter, these chapters are a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of rules that like are repetitive and have no application have for today's. No, yeah, world. have no application <laughs> and, and just are boring. They're it's like reading boring, boring laws. I'm not gonna put you through that. If you're that interested, you probably should just be reading along with us in the first place. So you can go and read those chapters if you're interested in hearing a lot about oxen and donkeys, but I'm gonna to pull together some highlights. So just to kind of rev you up, uh, chapter 21. If you remember, chapter 20 was the mountain was shaking. The the Ten Commandments appeared. Uh, we're still in that same moment. We're still in that same time of the the, the reveal. The reveal. Yeah, God's sharing the rules. So after we finish the 10 commandments, we now come upon male slaves, which uh, the, the, this is what first appears in all of chapter 21. I am going to share with you because these are like about how humans are supposed to treat each other. So I'll, I'll share with you these rules on male slaves, a male slave that is purchased shall serve for six years. And on the seventh year, he may go free. If the male slave comes in single, he goes out single. If he comes in with a wife, he goes out with her. If the master gives him a wife, if he gives the male slave a wife, and she bears children, the wife and children stay with the master. But if the slave says, I love my master and my family, the master shall bring him before God. He shall be brought to the door. His master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him for life. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, this is female slavery, she shall not go out as male slaves do. If she does not please her master, he shall let her be redeemed. He shall not sell her to a foreign people since he has dealt unfairly with her. If he designates her for his son, he must treat her like a daughter. If he takes another wife for himself, he shall not diminish her food, clothing, or marital rights. If he does not do this, she may go without debt, without payment of money. So that's, those are the rules on male and female slaves. Whoever strikes a person mortally shall be put to death. If it was an act of God, then a place will be appointed for the killer to flee. Striking father or mother results in death. Kidnapping results in death cursing father or mother results in death if someone injures someone else in a quarrel with their stone or fist and the injured party does not die but was confined to a bed but recovers well enough to walk with a cane very specific here recovers well enough to walk with a cane the aggressor will not be held liable but will pay for the injured's recovery time and arrange for their full recovery More slave rules. Slave owners who beat their male or female slaves to death shall be punished. But if the slave survives a day or two, there will be no punishment. (laughs) If someone injures a pregnant woman and she miscarries, yet no further harm follows, the one responsible will pay a fine as quoted by the injured's husband and decided on by the judges. If any harm follows, then you give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. If a slave owner strikes a slave's eye, their eye, just the eye, destroying it, the slave owner shall let the slave go free. Same for any teeth that are knocked out. If an ox gores someone to death... If an ox gores someone to death, the ox shall be stoned and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall not be liable. It's the ox's fault, not the human's. <laughs> However, if the ox has been known to gore in the past <laughs> and does gore a man or woman, the ox shall be stoned and its owner put to death, right? Right. So it's like when you know you've got that crazy dog, right? (laughs) If a ransom is imposed on the owner, then the owner shall pay whatever is imposed for redemption of the victim's life. Rules also apply for the goring of children. If an ox gores a male or female slave, the slave is 30 shekels of silver and the ox is to be stoned. If someone digs a pit and it leaves it open and somebody else's ox or donkey falls in the owner of the pit shall make restitution (laughs) giving money to the owner but keeping the dead animal if someone's ox hurts somebody else's ox and it dies then they sell the live ox and split the cost and they also split the dead ox if said ox has been prone to goring the owner has to replace the live ox for the dead one but does get to keep his dead ox. I can't. I, that's the end of the chapter. I mean, I don't even know what those last three sentences were that I said. And um, I'm going to try and steer you ooh, clear of any oxen you. going forward. Because there was a lot more on oxen. So my general impression, these are oddly specific laws these from god. have
1: to be these yeah. are obviously things that have happened right
0: yeah <laughs> and this is and i and i wrote this goes back to what rachel said the last time that like is moses just making this up is moses just being like this I, i'm sick of hearing about oxen mm-hmm. so i'm gonna tell them that god said enough with the oxen control your cattle
1: and the pit right. one, I feel like, is probably a one-off that he was yeah. like, I don't want to deal with that again, yeah. so I'm going to include this, too. These are
0: some, like, <laughs> real Hatfield and McCoy kind of scenarios. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I really, I'm going to talk about slavery a bunch here. It's crazy to me that there's still slavery. I mean, I guess that's just how, it's just the way the world is at this time. I, you know, in my head, I'm thinking why do we even need rules about slavery? Why are people enslaved? Didn't we just escape slavery? Wasn't that what this whole thing was all about? And why are we enslaving each other? And I also, when I think about the black church, right, and the black community's relationship to the story of Exodus and to the story of freedom from slavery, but then, you know, if you're, like, drilling down and really looking at it the way we are, like, are, are you picking up on this, like, that this is still going on? And what does that do to somebody's faith you know
1: i didn't even think about that until you brought up the fact that this is a group of freshly freed yeah people and now we're yeah we're already having to address yeah slavery i mean and they
0: got to be at least maybe a a couple decades two or three decades freed i know that they spent 40 years in the desert Mm -hmm. right i don't know what the timeline is and where we are right now i feel like we're towards the end of the 40 years though But I don't know. I'm not sure. Also, I guess just being a woman, I guess, is a woman just the equivalent to a slave? Like a woman could be bought or sold or, you know, women are property. We we understand that. That's been the case since Genesis.
1: Genesis. Yeah.
0: So just being a woman sort of makes you a slave anyway. But we know this from prior chapters. I'd have been sentenced to death many times over (laughs) if I were an ancient Israelite. Like... (laughs) (laughs) cursing my mother and father. Right. Oh, my God. I would have been killed as a teenager.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, a lot of laws here. I'm reading a lot of laws. I don't see anything about being gay. No. I don't see anything about that. And we'll get into some sex stuff Coming up. These are like the big rules, right? Like these are the top of the mountain rules. The get the, you know, put this down, make this known. Some of the ox laws just don't make any sense. And there's a lot of them. I'm over it. And this is a lot of capital punishment. You know, again, mm-hmm. the Bible like really reinforcing and making a case for capital punishment over things that are just like no way near capital punishment of offense in, in our eyes. Well, and,
1: and the eye for an eye thing, too. That's the thing that people still say. Yeah. You do. Oh, and, yeah, yeah.
0: And... Yeah. So that's where that quote comes mm-hmm. from. Right. That's a really famous old timey Old Testament quote. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And I always think like. My dad would always quote, there's something in the New Testament about turn the other cheek. My dad was a huge pacifist. You know, I got bullied and I remember I wanted to go to karate. My dad really didn't want me to take karate. He's like, I just don't want my kid to be a fighter because my dad had to fight a lot when he was mm-hmm. a little kid and he didn't want me doing it. Yeah, my dad is turn the other cheek, which I feel like is the antithesis of eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just sort of lets you know what I how much I think the New Testament is so very different. If we ever get there again, if we ever get there. I just got this one big question. Did ancient Israelites enslave each other? And I, I have a really great source. It the name of it sounds
1: like enduring word.com. Yeah,
0: enduringword.com got questions. It's Bible Odyssey. <laughs> oh nice. Um, but Bible nice. Odyssey is actually a Bible scholar editorial website, it's academic and they describe themselves not as bible study but study of the bible it's run by bible scholars and the this organization has been around since 1880 wow yeah So pretty cool. So Mm -hmm. um, what I pulled from their information is that ancient Israelites did keep slaves. This experience was closer to indentured servitude, and it often arose or arises from repayment, right? Like I loaned you this or that, Mm -hmm. or I loaned you this amount of money, and so you're going to repay me by being my slave. It wasn't necessarily a lifelong situation.
1: And that's kind of what we saw with Joseph Mm -hmm. in Egypt. Right. With the famine and trying to address...
0: Yeah. So it was sort of like, well, this is how I pay off my debt. But it's still a human is like owning another human Mm -hmm. and has sort of this complete sense of a lot of control, a lot of control over their their body and their will. And their families. Um, and their families, big time. The Bible or the Torah will contradict these laws surrounding slavery. The laws that I that I spelled out here, the Bible or the Torah will contradict these laws here in other chapters, changing the length of time a slave is indentured and how or why someone should become a slave. The Bible tends to go back and forth on whether slavery is okay. And then this is a quote from this article on Bible Odyssey. Although the Bible takes slavery as a given, it makes attempts to humanize the institution and even sporadically expresses how the world might be a better place without it. And so then this just generated another question for me. Um, Is is this what being enslaved in Egypt was like or was that different? That that was harder. That was that more like what we think of as The slavery that we we know of. So I don't know, but um on from Bible Odyssey, this mostly came from an article by Zev Farber called Slavery in the Hebrew Bible. So my dislikes for this chapter, just about all of it. It was it was not fun. My likes, I was like, well, I guess I didn't like anything. I didn't like anything. What do you think?
1: Well, yeah, when I was reading this, I thought it was so interesting that we're seeing like property laws as terrible as it is to talk about humans as property. Like that that's not the only thing that's mentioned here. They're also talking about, you know, if you injure someone and they can't basically if they can't work, right, if they're bedridden, I believe was the term that was used mm-hmm. for two yeah. days or yeah. whatever that is you're paying them for it you're paying mm. mm-hmm. you know restitution and that's something that we see today too so it's really interesting for as ridiculous as this all looks to us now today in 2022 we are still a very litigious society oh, yeah. and if someone were to really look at our laws right now yeah they would be saying the same thing yeah you know there used to be a website where you could look at like funny laws that random yeah. states have like you can't walk your alligator outside on sunday right. or something yeah. like that i mean there are are actually laws. Sodomy like, laws. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things like this, I'm sure we could still find verbatim laws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that are here in certain states here in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. This makes sense for how litigious of a society we are that, you know, one nation under God. Well, here we go. Right. Right. So that was interesting. The mm. just the female slave thing is just like I mean, slaves are terrible period, but we're talking about, like, the the men have the option to get out, women just don't.
0: Right, exactly. just
1: overall ridiculousness there. There wasn't a lot to like, there was not a lot to like Mm -mm. here. Yeah, you did a great job going through it, though.
0: It's Not a lot to like in...
1: Everything about today. Just about, like, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll move on.
1: Yeah, let's, uh, giddy up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We sing with, like, the cattle? Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: yeah. Let's giddy up. Yeah.
0: Chapter 22. I'm ditching like the first few verses, first many verses of chapter 22, because it's all about grain and oxen and agricultural laws. So we're going to dive right in with when a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged to be married and lies with her, he shall give the bride price for her and make her his wife. But if her father refuses to give her, he shall pay an equal amount for the bride price for virgins, so I guess he has to pay anyway. You're not, you're not yeah. taking her. No one said you could sleep with her in the first place.
1: Yeah, but now she's not a virgin, so there's a price.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, um, you shall not permit a female sorcerer to live. <laughs> Whoever lives with an animal, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoever lies with an animal shall be put to death. Whoever sacrifices to any god other than the Lord alone shall be devoted to destruction. You shall not wrong or oppress a resident alien, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. You shall not abuse any widow or orphan. If you do, my wrath will burn you, and I will kill you with a sword, and your wives shall become widows and your children orphans. If you lend money to my people, you shall not deal with them as a creditor. You shall not charge interest. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me, as well as oxen and sheep. Seven days it shall remain with its mother, and on the eighth day you shall give it to me. If you take your neighbor's cloak, you must restore, because they may cry out to me, and I will listen, because I am compassionate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Swords over here. That's (laughs) the end of the chapter. (laughs) And and that was like the the last
0: line of the chapter, and I was just like... (laughs) Yeah. Exodus, Exodus. God thinks he's yeah. compassionate. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's quite a few things to talk about here. Uh, I mean, I was like, do I start with the sorcery or do I start with the bestiality? Do I start with the sorcery or do I start with the bestiality? But I'm gonna go right into bestiality. Why?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just like, why is bestiality even mentioned here? Is this a problem? I guess I didn't have. Ge- I, I realizing now I didn't have general impressions. <laughs> For, for this It one. sounds like
1: you did. It was the bestiality. I, yeah, but I like,
0: I just, I, I worked them out. Like okay. I, I, I just threw them into research and I found a great article on the which I've referenced before. We both have. And in regard to this bestiality and other places where it's mentioned, there's sort of four scholarly responses to this question, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of condensing them into two sort of two answers. And the first answer is that it's a slur. Right. Mm. So it's a slur that basically, in the commandment of God or Moses or whoever the scribes who put this together, they're indicating that other cultures and religions are so wrong that they probably have sex with animals. Mm. Right. Sure. It's just like, what's the lowest thing you can say about a, a, a people that's not you? Mm-hmm. So don't be like those people. Don't be like the pig fuckers. And it's a stereotype also. Like For wh- for what? I just feel like that's what a stereotype is. Something that is oh, another ge- a culture. A general and, kind of, yeah. yeah a general yeah. Like, dim view yeah. or practice or act that we don't do. Yeah. They do that. Yeah. That's their thing.
1: When I went to Texas A&M in Texas, there was a rival between Texas A&M and University of Texas. Mm -hmm. And that was something that they would say about that people that go to University of Texas would say about A&M.
0: It's funny you say that because I was like, I feel like the South still yeah. uses this.
1: I didn't right? even think about that. Yeah.
0: Um, the other the other answer of why why does it need to call out bestiality is that this one I understand less or I just think of less, like I, I get the other one more. That God is really setting categories, like there's hierarchy within the ecosystem, mm-hmm. that there's people and there's animals, and we are not equal. The 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 vegans are not gonna like this answer but god is saying like we are not equals that's what this this article and then also
1: the middle part of that too with is slavery like there's clearly another hierarchy within the humans yeah
0: yeah exactly well and i one of the worst things that we ever can do to other people is dehumanizing by describing people as animals mm-hmm. so this is sort of akin to that sure. also right like totally. basically you're an animal yeah. and that can be applied to either of these these explanations that the torah.com sure. is providing totally My next question was, so there's a verse in here that says, the firstborn of your sons you shall give to me as well as oxen and sheep. Seven days it shall remain with its mother, and on the eighth day you shall give it to me. And in some translations it says sacrifice to me. And when we've seen this before, it's said you have to sacrifice the child to me but and be redeemed or consecrated. Yeah. But this was just straight up like, and I was like, is God asking for the child to be sacrificed?
1: I don't know if you had an answer for this, but I... I'm wondering about circumcision. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's part of it, too.
0: Yeah. But they're all supposed to be circumcised. Everybody everybody is supposed to be circumcised. What did you find?
1: So, yes and
0: no, the line has raised eyebrows for scholars of the Torah. And this is maybe Bible Odyssey? I don't know. I didn't put down my resource, but that's okay. The line has raised eyebrows for scholars of the Torah because the indicated sacrifice lacks the usual associated redeeming, which we discussed in our Baby on a Platter episode. (laughs) So the idea there is like you sacrifice the baby to me and then God allows you to buy the baby back.
1: Yeah, it's right? symbolic. Yeah, yeah, it's a
0: symbolic thing. But here we don't ever hear anything about the redeeming part. So, yeah, it sounds like God is asking for the baby to be up for slaughter because the animals that he's asking for will certainly be slaughtered. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're imagining that this is all happening together. I'm starting to understand this whole redeeming thing a little bit more because I know we were we still weren't sure what was going on there in the baby on a platter episode. Mm -hmm. And I think there will be more of that to come. This example of give me your baby doesn't offer the redeeming, but it is generally understood to be redundant. Like he keeps saying, you have to give me your firstborn and he usually follows it up with and then he'll be redeemed. He doesn't say that here, but because it's something that's said so many other times in the Bible, just we're just assuming that yeah. it's implied. Yeah. So it's therefore in line with the other passages regarding sacrifice, redeeming or consecration of firstborns. But I wasn't alone in being worried yeah. as I have been before. <laughs> Clutching my pearls over this, these baby sacrifices, and then my my final question was: Were there a lot of witches?
1: <laughs> I want to know so the sorcerers or the sorceress? sorceresses. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like I just I, where's
1: that side story? I, I know.
0: <laughs> I there was a good side story that I came up with, but it's in another book of the Bible. Um, the witch of elsinore or something Mm. like that i want to say i don't know i didn't i don't want to ruin it for for that time so the torah.com also had a good response to this question So according to Torah.com, there are debates regarding the translation of the word for sorceress. While the original translation does indicate a feminine pronoun, it could have been plural and meant to include men as well. Witchcraft and sorcery date back to ancient Mesopotamian cultures, leading to the river ordeal. So the river ordeal is a witch in Mesopotamia, a suspected witch would be thrown into the river. If the river took her, it means the river understood her to be a witch. and has destroyed her. If she survives, she's not a witch. Right? Ancient beliefs, ancient beliefs hold that sorcery was more common among women. This one line in As- Exodus that this you know female sorcerer mm-hmm. shall be put to death this and the folk beliefs about witches dating back to ancient which Mesopotamia, are just beliefs about women which are just beliefs yeah. about women they inspired the witch hunts of the middle ages which utilized the river ordeal except they did it differently if you were a witch and you got thrown in the river and drowned, then you weren't a witch yeah. and if you survived then you were a witch and you got burned at the stake yeah, anyways what have what have you <laughs> Yeah, and then it followed over into Salem, into mm-hmm. the into the New World. So it's gone on for quite some time.
1: This even hysteria with women, right? Right, like diagnosing women as basically being crazy or insane for just having feelings, <laughs> living yeah. art, living life. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. reacting to things. So I think this carries through R- ripple effects beyond. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: My dislikes were the treatment of women in this chapter. Just all of the slaves and witches and creepy um, virgin rules. Creepy virgin rules. There is a really good like. There's a very good like in this chapter. I can't wait. And I will read it to you again. And it is said more than one time because it'll come up again in another another chapter. You shall not wrong or oppress a resident alien Mm. for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I think about this one in the same chapter as the witch one. And it's just like, why do some things stick and some things don't? Like, conservatives love plucking things from the Bible and being like, the Bible states this, and they pluck it out of context. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't anybody glom onto this one? Right. Right? Like you want, you want to tell women what to do with their bodies. You want to tell queer people what to do with their lives and their bodies and their marriages. And and you have all this chapter and verse for it. But you also want to oppose immigration. You want to keep children in cages. This line is right right here, right right here for you. You shall not wrong or oppress a resident alien. I mean, I have zero interest in getting into a Bible fight with somebody. (laughs) But if I were to, I don't pick it. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. It's just not my. It's not my way of practicing social justice or advocacy i do other things but if i were i would be at immigration protests with that on a sign so that's all that's what i got for chapter 22
1: yeah that's a good like just as you said it's so interesting what people pick and choose from this and with everything that we've seen with immigration in the past specifically in the past 20 years i would say is just like yikes
0: we're all supposed to be children of God, right? And this is what your God is has said. It's
1: mm-hmm. very interesting.
0: Yeah, it is very interesting. Anything else?
1: My two big thoughts there the, the sorcery thing, the connection to, to Salem and to the crucible. So many pop culture references. Oh to my this. God. There's so many I mean, I'm of obsessed
0: it. with witch trials. Yeah. Big surprise. <laughs> Aaron Mankey, who has the lore podcast. Yes. Uh, he's got a great. Deep dive. I mean, it's dense, but it's a great deep dive podcast on the Salem witch trial. The crucible is fantastic, which is great. It's really more of a parable for McCarthyism. Arthur Miller wrote it as a response to the the communist witch hunts that were going on in the fifties. But it it holds you know, it stands on its own just as like a creepy, creepy witch trial thing.
1: And just another really great example of group. Oh
0: yeah, totally. Yeah. Anything else?
1: That's it. All right. You did great. You're doing great. More um, rules for you.
0: Yeah. So um
1: saddle up. <laughs> saddle yeah. up. Saddle up. Get let's get our feet in our stirrups. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Chapter 23. So we start off with more rules about oxen and land which I won't I won't bore you with, and then some agricultural rules, which I'll also spare you. There's a lot of legal stuff about bearing false witness, inciting with wicked accusers, no bribing, no false charges. Again, it says, again, you shall not oppress a resident alien, for you were once resident aliens in Egypt. For six years you shall harvest, but on the seventh year you rest, so that the poorest of the people may eat, and the animals may eat what they've left behind. For six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you rest. You shall observe three festivals for me. Unleavened bread for seven days in April, or Abib, which we've already covered at length many times. A harvest festival when the first crops come in. And then an ingathering of the harvest at the end of the year. So all three of these are festivals that should be dedicated to God. God then tells the people, I'm going to send an angel to guard you on the way and bring you to a place that I have prepared. When the angel brings you in front of others, such as the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, etc., I will blot them out. You will not bow down to their gods, but you shall demolish their pillars. I will send my terror in front of you. I will send pestilence on ahead to the Canaanites, Hittites, and Hivites, but I won't do this prior to one year, because we need them to maintain the land. I will set the borders from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines, and from the wilderness of the Euphrates, and I will hand over to you its inhabitants, and you shall drive them out before you they shall not live in your land because they will turn you against me and if you worship their gods it will be a snare for you
1: dun dun dun
0: dun 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 i'm gonna start saying that to people you know what you really don't want to do that because that's gonna be a snare for you yeah that is
1: a clippy i like little that yeah phrase yeah. yeah
0: um that sounds like it's gonna be a snare for you yeah. mm-hmm. i like it mm-hmm. it's my new one This chapter sort of uh, gives me an idea of where we are in the timeline because I'm like, we are coming up with all these agricultural rules and all these things. And it's like, aren't we wandering around in the desert? No, I think
1: we are settled at this point. We're We're, getting settled. We're
0: getting settled, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and you can wander and live places for a few years, right? Like the Mormons did it all throughout the United States. Like, They traveled from upstate New York to Utah and stopped at several locations and lived there for years and then packed up and moved along. But then this whole like we're coming to the place like I have this place prepared for you. We're coming to the promised land. Yeah. Right. So it's sort of like, yep, I'm giving you all of these societal rules because now you're going to be settled. Right. So you really will be using like, I'm like, are they really using all these rules? But I guess maybe they I think,
1: are. Yeah. Well, and when you think about previously, when he's talked about this covenant and the promised land, it's been with sm- way smaller groups of people like families, basically. And now we're talking like we've mentioned this in previous episodes multiple times. There's a lot of we're, this is large scale stuff. Yeah. So I think that these are I want to let you finish because I've got thoughts about the large scale kind of approach okay. to the okay. to these rules. So yeah. I'm going to let I'm going to let you finish
0: I don't I, I don't have a lot for this chapter. It's, um sucks for the Hittites and the Canaanites yeah. and the Hivites, right? They're just what are they doing? They're minding their own business and
1: they're getting blotted out. And
0: they're going to get blotted out. Whatever the that blotting, means. Yeah. I know, it's so intense. But for the most part, God sounds like he's planning on doing the heavy lifting here. He's sending an angel, he's going to do the blotting in advance. He's going to send pestilence. He's doing he's doing all of this ahead of them so that they don't have to to, to bear all of that and again the overall general story like when you're not reading this with the magnifying glass that we're reading it what you read and what you're taught and what probably the children's bible tells you is I led you out of Egypt I provided for you in the desert I took care of your enemies and I
1: brought you to the promised land mm-hmm. now follow these rules and now we'll be good now follow these rules and yeah. we'll be good I did all yeah. these
0: things for you you can follow these rules and we're done
1: and then if you follow these rules successfully this is what awaits you right
0: Right. But it doesn't say like, I messed with you. I let you starve for a while. I got angry when you when you prayed for help. I totally manipulated manipulated Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah, this whole situation. I had a pissing contest and got you almost killed just so I could show off. Mm -hmm. Like, it it doesn't tell you any of that. No, no, no.
1: That's not in the recap.
0: Nope. So yeah, I I, I said, when you hear that general story, it's a great story. And then I said, but the devil is in the details, my friends, Mm -hmm. or God. Is in the
1: details,
0: Ooh. right? Oh, who were these gods that, that God is so afraid of them worshiping? I mean, I, I took a quick look. At rich, rich cultures, rich polytheistic cultures, religious cultures for the Canaanites and the Hittites. Like, the Hittites are referred to as the people of a thousand gods, mm. like, they have a god for everything and just the when we think like the Greco-Roman myths which we know more about and those those things have survived similar in that like these gods are on the ground, they're interacting with the humans, and that's the difference between their gods and this god. Like this god is our the god that we understand now, the Western god that has come from the Bible is like this very removed, detached mm-hmm. thing. Whereas earlier cultures were super engaged with their gods and their gods were like inhabiting their bodies mm-hmm. and doing all these things and there were a lot of them just a much richer culture yeah honestly like i'm good with the far away removed god i don't need like god changing into an owl and manipulating me into doing that and stealing my baby or whoever yeah. you know like i don't, I don't need all that yeah. i don't need it yeah. My dislikes, uh, just the destruction of other cultures and
1: religions. The destruction, yes, but also the the total dismissal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Don't pay any attention to these other gods. It's like. Right. We talked about this before, but it's that don't question kind of thing where I'm like, well, why not? Why not? (laughs) Which (laughs) is like even in all of of
0: my questioning and all of my frustration, I'm still not going to dismiss this god. Right. right. And I'm not going to dismiss anybody. I'm not going to just completely blot out. Th- there, I use God's terminology. I'm not going to blot out anybody who does believe in this. Right. I'm mm-hmm. going to respect. Of course. Your belief. Yeah. Um, Tell me Until more. it becomes a harm yeah. to me or yourself or somebody else. Like if you're engaging in terrorism over yeah. it. Yeah. Then yeah. I have a problem. But. Ugh. My likes, I like these festivals. I like the <laughs> I like the unleavened, you know, the the one that we've already talked about, although I'm a little sick of hearing about it. unleavened bread, the harvest festival, springtime, Easter, Passover, the Harvest Festival makes me think of Thanksgiving. And then the in-gathering of the harvest festival at the end of the year makes me think of Christmas. So it's like these three pivotal times for celebration are something we still do. Absolutely. It's just so crazy. Yeah. It's so wild. It that, is. That's like just so built into us, yeah. That's all I got.
1: Okay, I'm surprised that you didn't talk about what I'm going to talk about next because oh, I okay. thought it was really social worky. Yeah. On the part about the crops and letting, as the Bible states it, the poor kind of eat from your. You crops. You know what?
0: I didn't understand it, and I also was like, I didn't understand how why why for a whole year you have to stop.
1: Well, I don't understand the logic of it, but I like the the con that the concept is mentioned. Right? It's like mm-hmm. this is what. But we would like this is social welfare policy in some respects, right? People, when you hear the word welfare, it's not what you think all the time. You yeah. know, um, these are just policies that help protect your vulnerable right. people. Yeah. And this is this is a policy that's helping to protect a vulnerable person or a vulnerable group of people in this case. So I thought that was kind of cool that's mentioned. And it also it's mentioned again in a different context when it comes to the justice system, mm. which I thought was really interesting with how flawed. Our present justice system is that, you know, do not deny justice to your poor people in their lawsuits. It goes back to what you discussed previously with the accept people, except aliens, as I think is how it's uh, phrased in the Bible for you were once one too. I it These are things that we still see today yeah. and that are kind of cherry picked, right, from the Bible in situations that don't always make a whole lot of sense, right? Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is in here too, and our and our justice system does not cater to poor folks, right? Not at all. Mm-hmm. If you ever wanna learn anything about court appointed lawyers, uh, there <laughs> that is that is another one that is a, a, a dense topic, but the amount of cases per court appointed lawyer is an unimaginable amount an impossible amount and that's kind of our system we have to help with that right, right. not efficient or effective but anyways i thought i i liked that those two things were so. yeah, yeah i
0: agree good call yeah thanks
1: you got it so uh sharpen your spurs we're spurs. gonna trot on into chapter uh 24 <laughs> okay <Yeah>. all right <laughs> I don't even know if you Do can you ride. Sharpen? Do you ride ox? Like, I don't even know if these. these no, are I even mean, applicable. we're riding donkeys,
0: probably. Yeah. But you're just on this cattle. Yeah. Like, you're on a cattle yeah. kick. So, chapter 24, this is a proper chapter. This is a proper chapter with a summary of things that happen. So a little bit, a little bit more back into story. Although Bible be Bible, repetitive. <laughs> the Lord calls Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel to come and worship at a distance. <laughs> Moses alone shall come near, but the others must stay back. Moses told all of the people all of the words of the Lord, meaning everything that we just heard for like the last two episodes. And the people replied in one voice, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Moses wrote down all of the words and he built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 pillars to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Offerings and sacrifices were made. Half of the blood of the offerings were placed in basins and half was dashed against the altar. Then he read the book of the covenant to the people again, and they again replied in unison, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Then Moses dashed the blood on the people and said, see the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance of with all of these words. Then Moses and Aaron and the elders went up to the mountain to God under his feet, There was something like a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. God did not lay his hands on them, and they beheld God, and they ate and drank. The Lord tells Moses to come up with me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the stone tablets with the laws that I have written. So Moses heads up the mountain with Joshua and tells the other elders to wait, and that Aaron and Hur are in charge in case of any disputes. Then Moses went up the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai for six days. On the seventh day, he called Moses out of the cloud. Now the Lord became a devouring fire atop the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and nights. This is just a lot of up the mountain, down the mm-hmm. mountain, back to the mountain, come closer, stay back, come for, come up, come back, go down. Which are like, all,
1: all recurring themes.
0: Yeah, and but it's also it doesn't track because you're like, wait, he's saying to come up the mountain. You're already on the mountain. Mm-hmm. I thought you were on the mountain. Like yeah. it just We've got
1: mountain questions. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I'm not I'm not Tracking it, like I'm just like okay, because I think it's another of these like hodgepodge moments, mm-hmm. right? Agreed. So I'm I'm not gonna go crazy with it, but I was thinking like Moses's like thighs must be ripped, ripped. Yeah. Like he must have like the the most ripped legs, thighs, glutes arms, He was holding yeah. up those, Oh my god, yeah. His staff or yeah. whatever from like, the war. Moses I mean, he's, is yeah. Moses is ripped? Cut. Yeah. Yeah. Where's this pavement of sapphire stone? I meant to look that up and I didn't. I forgot. Like, what is that all about? It was just a detail of like the mountain had sapphire stone on it where they like sat and drank and ate and
1: probably like a like a gem, right? Like Yeah. It reminded a... me
0: of the Emerald City a little bit. Yeah. From The Wizard of Oz. I could see that for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You could see that for yeah, me. Yeah, I could see that for you. This mountain situation has been epic. And it has been going on for more than like Six chapters, like six, six to eight chapters. We've been like at the mountain, mm-hmm. real long time. The blood ritual is terrifying. It's just terrifying and upsetting and gross. I don't have any big questions here. I wanted to do research a bit on the basins of blood, but it's just it's too overwhelming. It does make me think of like the blood of Jesus, like the mm-hmm. the Last Supper, right? Like drink this, so you're drinking my blood, and eat this bread, and you're you're drinking you're eating my body, Um, and then it also made me think of in my neighborhood some of the little old ladies, their houses. They have like this house is protected by ADT security. They have signs on their. Front area that say this house is protected by the blood of Jesus. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> Hell yes. That's amazing. Uh, yeah,
0: this house is protected under the blood of Jesus. And I'm like, oh, mm. that's not that's not terrifying <laughs> at all. I mean, yeah, if I was a robber, I'd, I'd be like, like hey, not going there. Yeah. Not not going there. I might, I might try that ADT home. <laughs> My dislikes was all the blood stuff. My like is that maybe we're just about done with this bit. Maybe we're just about done with these rules. Yeah. I did peek ahead. There's some annoying stuff coming up.
1: You are you got to quit peeking just ahead. Just a little. It was just a, I. I just need to emotionally prepare myself. Yeah, you're, you know you're going through it. I. Think. I know. Yeah, I know with Exodus and here. You
0: know the other the other like just sort of comment that I'll say that I I thought of on the drive over here when I compare Exodus to Genesis. Genesis had so many different things that happened. Like you weren't with the same person or group of people for the whole book. So we had like the creation of the world. Then we had Noah and his adventure. Then we had Abraham mm-hmm. and then we had Jacob and, and Joseph. Like they each had their own arc and their own stories. And it was just a lot more
1: variety. There are very limited characters in this sure, story. Yeah. So primary far.
0: characters. Yeah. We've got
1: Moses yeah. and we've got these Israelite elders. We've got Aaron. And I mean, we had Miriam. don't yeah. know where she's at miss her yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah, there's not a lot of there aren't a lot of players here no yeah
0: no god yeah who sucks i mean and god is just like
1: (laughs) the worst yeah the worst and the worst
0: yeah i i'm just over it yeah i'm over it I liked when God chimed in here and there a little bit, like "Go do this, don't do that." Like once in a while,
1: his presence at this mountain is, I think, it is hopefully is coming too to an much. end. Hopefully, it is that's just coming to an much. end. When I was reading this, there were a couple things that stood out to me. Thinking about your journey, which is the the tablets are here, and yes. I thought you'd oh, be, pumped. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: The tablets are well, because I I was worried that the tablets were just like a. A Cecil B. DeMille thing, like there's just some like epic movie thing that they didn't, no, they weren't real. They,
1: they're here, there's yeah, twelve of them. They're here, yeah.
0: But I don't think that just these ten commandments are going on the tablets. No. I think all it's this the stuff ox about the ox stuff. You, yeah. I mean, it's going to no, take you forty days, days and nights to chisel. Well, all
1: hey, that. must if it's Moses in those ripped arms, I know.
0: <laughs> just like <laughs> God,
1: how's it going to be? The tablets down. Oh, but you know what, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Oh yeah, another Superman. Yeah, another reference. super. Another Superman reference yeah. for sure. Maybe I should go to Napa more and just not do all these notes like I usually do and just riff with you.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, okay. You
1: can do the that heavy lifting, like, or maybe like next time I can yeah. take
0: a break and just, just read and right. chime in and be witty right. and <laughs> charming.
1: I hope we're we're done with mountain times and we're like gonna be moving through some other narratives here
0: yeah yeah I mean, I have a little bit of an idea of what's coming up next, but I only on the first page, so we'll see. um, we'll keep moving along. I mean, I really feel like I've been in the desert for yeah. forty years. You're feeling
1: it. With I exodus. am feeling it. I'm yeah. tired, yeah.
0: I'm tired. I'm ready for the promised land.
1: (laughs) Thanks for doing the heavy lifting again this episode, Uh, Dan. Yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. And yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time.
0: All right. Bye. Hi, This is Dan I hope you're enjoying the podcast And listen, wherever you're Following this podcast Whether it be Apple or Spotify Please like download continue to follow us tell your friends you can also follow us on instagram at gay with a bible pod we'd love for you to be part of the conversation leave us messages ask questions be involved we would really love for this to be a community experience thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time